Welcome to another episode of the Forgotten Athlete Podcast with your host Joseph. Um, it's been a while. It's been a minute uh, since I've done one of these. Uh, I think last one I did was week 13 of the NFL season. I said be back. Well, I'm back now. Um, and um, back with another one. So I um, wanted to take a break. I was going to come back towards the end of the season because I was just like... NBA season, I mean, but it didn't make any sense timeline-wise, so um, we're back at it. Um, they're watching Flash, so I got the timeline in my head right now. Um, so, uh, ready to back, guys. So, I mean, we're going to kick it off just kind of uh, easygoing. Uh, kind of started off with just a lot of topics in terms of what we're listening to, uh, you know, uh, TV shows, uh, recommendations on me. I, I consider myself a... Uh, TV show expert, movie expert in terms of quality, high quality stuff. So I'm kind of, I'm going to give out some advice for that. And, you know, we'll touch base on NFL season and the NBA season, off seasons and whatnot to figure out, you know, what exactly is going to happen this year. And I'll give you my, um, my P's and Q's in terms of the NFL season uh, upcoming. You know, I don't, don't really have anything in terms of the NFL season, but I will give you a dive deep into the Lakers season and to the Lakers off season. And uh, I guess we can start there with the Lakers. Uh, you know, we fell short of our goal. I think, um, you know, after we got the trades and everything, I think uh, the Lakers fans, I think at least from my perspective, we felt that we were going to be able to uh, win the championship this year. Um, you know, I, I think I saw Denver early on in the season in about December, November time frame, and they looked really good. Um, you know, they had good chemistry, good connection, um, you know, great cuts. Jokic was playing out of this world, and I thought that that was a team that could win the championship, but I didn't really trust Michael Malone because he hadn't done it before, and he's had the same exact team before in the past, you know, and he, he fell short of it. But, you know, to his credit, he, he was able to accomplish that goal, even though um, turns out that I don't like him as much as I used to like him. <laughs> but um, just because, you know, he, he's a he's a very arrogant person. You know, you, you um, I see it as winners um, like when someone wins something, their true character comes out, you know, um, you know, they're, you know, whether they're, you know, you know, a fake humble person, you know, to begin with, and then when they win the championship, that that fake that fakeness kind of gets exposed as being, you know, fake. And uh, I think that's what Michael Malone is, to me, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think everybody has their own fair share of opinion. But before he really, you know, before winning a championship, you didn't really you didn't really see Michael Malone being as um, um, characteristic, I guess, is the word. Um, as he is now, you know, with the media, you know, as, as as well as him being outspoken and, you know, with the media being confident with his talking track and whatnot. Um, it's kind of arrogant, um, but in, in, a, in a positive way in terms of his confidence, which is going to be which is going to, you know, go down to his team, to his uh, to his team uh, and, and to his players. And to his credit, they were able to do it. But uh, back to the Lakers, because I know this is uh, the topic that I wanted to talk on. But um. The Lakers, man. I mean, I think we 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 did a really good job with the draft with the draft, uh, driving uh, Jalen Hood um, out of uh, Indiana. Um, and um, the one thing I like about him is that you know I was listening to a podcast and um, he is actually vegan, um, and he made a decision to become vegan as a high schooler, his senior year or junior year of high school, one of those two years. And 
Um, he said that he wanted to become vegan because he wanted to um, prepare his body, you know, for, you know, playing basketball at a high level at, you know, Division One, Big 12 basketball, or Big 10 basketball. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, furthermore with the um, with the Lakers now. And um, I thought that that was very mature of him to do that. Um, I didn't think that, you know, there's a lot of players who go vegan, you know, as they're in the NBA because they mature and they understand that this is better long term. Um, you know, they they get chefs and whatnot. Right. To me, I don't know what LeBron does with his body in terms of his, if he's vegan or not, but. Well, no, whatever's he doing, that's if I, if I was an NBA player, I would just follow his blueprint, right? I would ask him, like, pick his brain, especially being as being his teammate. And Jalen Hood, I mean, he seems like he's the guy that is going to do that. He seems like he's going to go to his LeBron, go to AD, go to, um, you know, D'Lo, go to guys who've been in the league for, you know, seven, eight plus years, Dennis Schroeder, um, and kind of pick their brain and kind of, you know, where can I learn from this guy from? You know, how can I get better and, and whatnot? Um, and, um, you know, you got to like that. You got to like that a lot because I think a lot of times you get some of these guys coming in, especially lottery picks, first round picks, and they think they know what they're talking about and, um, they really don't. Uh, so I'm really excited to see them. I'm, I'm actually going into the, um, the summer league game, I guess like the California classic in Sacramento next week. I think it is next Monday, next Tuesday. I want to say I'm going to go, uh, go to some games, um, and kind of check out the team to see, how this young squad's gonna play? Um, I was talking talking to one of my friends, you know, he's a Laker fan as well, and um, I was talking about the summer league roster in 2017, and you know, looking at that roster and then looking at where they are at now, like, let me just pull it up real quick because um, Lakers rosters in 26, I mean, 2017, um, they had uh, Ingram, they had um, Lonzo, obviously, he won MVP. Kuzma was on the team. Um, PJ Dozer was on the team. Um, trying to think. Josh Hart was on the team. Alex Caruso, Thomas Bryant, um, Matt Thomas, Travis Ware, uh, Zubak for the Clippers now. I mean, so I'm, I'm looking at this, and all of these players, they're either in the league still they're playing at a high level. Or are they playing somewhere professionally overseas somewhere? Right, Matt Thomas. He was in the league for a while. Uh, David Nwaba. He was also. He's also in the league right now. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at this team. I'm just like, okay, this team won the won the summer league championship that year, um, and um, they, you know, they they won it um, convincingly too. I think they were. I think they only lost like six games. I mean, sorry, like two games. Um, but I remember watching that team, and Lonzo Ball was just ridiculous you know what he was able to do passing wise shooting wise um he was playing on elite level he was playing at a really high level compared to all the other players ingram was too cool was too uh caruso didn't really get that much burn i mean i compared to lonzo kuzma and ingram but when he did he was he was effective um but when you look at this team right and and, and kind of circle it back to the 2023 summer league roster i don't know it yet they haven't built it out yet but they've had some rookies they got some guys um I'm going to compare every single summer league team we get to this roster because this is a high-level roster in terms of talent, in terms of where they're at now. A lot of these guys got max contracts. A lot of them got $100 million deals. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, playoff-level players. Uh, some of them won championships. So, I mean, these guys, they're 
the cream of the crop of the summer league. And um, the summer league roster, summer league is a good thing to have in your backs and in, in your back front because you understand, you know, what the grind is like in a game, right? And um, you don't really get that just playing pick up ball, like, or just training in the league, right? For for for, for the games. Um, so, um, I, I think one of the things we'll, 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 we, I will look for, I guess I can speak for myself that, you know, other, other guys maybe won't is how Jalen Hood, Shafani is going to, you know, handle some, uh, um, leadership moments, how he can handle, uh, playing like basketball at a professional level, how he can, you know, how, how serious he takes it. Um, you know, if he, how, how, you know, how we, you know, overcomes turnovers and whatnot. So those are the things that I'll be looking at for sure, just because I think that that's important to highlight. And I think that's one of the, the, the things that, you know, um, gets plagued, you know, in, in the NBA. And those are the things that kind of build up a, a basketball player and kind of build out a, a layout. So, you know, I'll for sure look out for that and kind of go from there. But, um, I mean, I'm excited for this roster. Um, we still got some puzzles to, to, you know, so pieces to fill for the puzzle. Um, but I think um, where we are at right now, I think we're in a great place. We have a lot of veterans. We have two star players, you know, Austin Reeves. And, you know, he can he can if he can develop his game a little bit more, um, I would love to see him not turn over the ball as much. Um, I like to see him have more responsibility with the ball. Um, I thought, you know, he had that towards the end of the season and even in the playoffs. But, you know, in the beginning of the season, he didn't really have that responsibility, a lot of off-ball play and whatnot. So he developed his game a lot throughout the season. But now he has a whole offseason to kind of pattern his pattern his game and fix some of those things that he was kind of lacking, uh, you know, which was, you know, mentally taking care of the ball. Like that was one of the things that frustrated me a lot with Austin Reeves. And I'm not saying that it was, he was like Russell Westbrook five turnovers a game. I think he only averaged like maybe one or two a game, but the timing that he had them, it was just not good. Um, and same thing with LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James has been in the league for 20 years, but he had some bonehead turnovers too uh, during the games. Uh, you know, I, I remember one of the games during the playoffs, a missed dunk we were t- to put us up 11 going into the half. You know, they end up, you know, uh, it was against Denver. I think it was game two, I want to say. And instead of going up to the half at 11, I think we went up to half at seven or six or something like that. And we ended up losing the game in the clutch. And um, there's just things like that kind of, kind of, you know, flip a switch for for a, a, an opposing team that's looking to, you know, find anything to kind of stop a run. Um, so I just want to see that, 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 that this team gets – better in in that way right where they're not turning over the ball so much another thing i want to see this team game better on is shooting so if we can find a big man who can shoot like i'm looking at Nas reed um that's one of the names that i think that i like a lot looking at brooke lopez if we can overpay for brooke lopez i would do it you know give him a two-year player option deal type of deal um three years maybe player option he's 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 kind of old i want to say he's 34 35 um, but he is a guy who I think has the ability to impact winning wise. And he's the perfect center for us. Like he is the perfect center for us. Like every other team's looking at him. Like the wars are looking at him. Like wars like war fans want him. Like he's not a pick and roll player. He's not a standing up standing in standing in the paint player. He's not a screen he's not a screener. 
he's a shooting big man who can who can who can protect the rim. So he's not a good fit for the Warriors, and I don't even think the Warriors are looking at him. I really don't because he doesn't fit what they're what, what they're good at. And then add on Chris Paul, you need a pick and roll guy who can who can who can you know be able to get catch lobs and you know catch rolls and whatnot. So I just don't see Brooke Lopez being a beneficial player for the Warriors. And, and I, I mean, you know, not even talking about the cap. Like, the Warriors came in to afford him, even in, even on a mid-level uh, contract. So, you know, there's just nothing that they can do. But Brooke Lopez, you know, I think let's, – let's just confirm his age because I want to confirm his age. But I'm pretty sure he's like 34, 35. He was born in North Hollywood. Actually, yeah, 35 years old. So – I mean, these are these are the things that I think that will help us out. Like Brick Lopez, he fits our team perfectly. Like if you would get a big man who can shoot outside, who can handle the ball in terms of passing it, who can not only um, defend the rim but defend the ball on defend on ball well, handles he has really good help defense. All these qualities that kind of define what a big man on the side of Anthony Davis is, Brooke Lopez kind of defines all of the, all of the he checks off all the boxes. So if we can get him, you know, he's making twelve point seven right now, but if we can offer him that amount, like on 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 the, on, on the mid level, which I think goes up to, uh, goes up to eleven and a half million, um, I would take that. And then honestly, if we could, and and in my plan, what what I would want. Is I would want the Lakers to sign the free agents first, and then sign our players, and then we can go over the cap. Uh, and if we go over the cap, we will lose out of some exceptions depending on how far up we go. Like whether we go up that threshold where we can't sign um, um, buyout players during the season, or um, and, and whatnot. So those are the consequences we have to think about. And I think Rapalinka is doing a great job. And um, one good thing about the Lakers, and I'm sorry, I'm talking way too much about the Lakers, but who cares? One thing about the Lakers that I really love a lot is their drafting ability. And and um, um, one of the buses, I forget which one it was, uh, so I don't want to mispronounce. I think it might be Jerry Bus, but he and Rob Polink was uh, one of the, I think it was Rob Polink or somebody else. I was listening to a radio podcast and he was on there interviewing. And he's like, hey, like, you know, we he has a system in place where we have top 40 prospects where we, you know, where we rank prospects through 40. And those are guys. And he said there was a big drop up from 40 to 41. He's like, there's a big drop off in terms of talent. And that was one of the things that I was like, like having a eye for talent doesn't just come out of the blue. Right. Like, And we've hit on players all throughout the draft. I think for the past, at least since 2015, we've hit on most picks. Um, when it comes to finding that talent, you have to have some type of, uh, you know, some type of ranking, um, and, uh, some type of, of just feel for the game that you know that this person is going to, going to transition well into the NBA. And, um, that turns out well for, you know, you know, Maxwell Lewis, which is something I haven't, who I haven't talked about a lot. And we'll talk about him more as the season progresses, but, um, I think he is a really good high-flying dunker. Um, he can shoot the ball, you know, inconsistently. Um, and, 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 and the 
I don't really knock college players for shooting the ball inconsistently because the spacing is horrible in college, especially for Pepperdine. Uh, I watched them a lot, and um, they, they, their spacing is horrible. Like, I remember watching them against St. Mary's, and they were just so stagnant. And that was one of the games where Maxwell Lewis actually, I think, he didn't have a good game. I, I know that for a fact how I watched the game, but I was not thinking like, oh, okay, these guys are going to be pros. I didn't think any of them were going to be pros at a pro level because they just played so poorly. And just the spacing was bad. The cuttings were bad. The shot selections were bad. So when you see stuff like that, you're just like, uh, I'm not, I don't know how this is going to translate to the to the NBA. All right, let's go to the next topic. And that's why I need another partner. Right, I'm trying to get my brother to do a podcast with me but because I just talked about the Lakers for about 12 minutes. And I know half of you guys that listen to this are going to be like, fuck this guy. I don't want to listen to him. Excuse my language. Um, if you're in the car with some kids listening to this. Um, but let's get to the, uh, you know what? I want to touch the NBA one more thing just because, you know, this is just something that I haven't had a chance to talk about, which is, you know, kind of where the NBA is going. And this is going to be a long podcast, so feel free to kind of tune me out, skip through it, whatever the case may be, in case you want to get to the NFL, because I will be talking about the NFL. But just kind of just figuring out, like, what the NBA represents and who it's going to be kind of portraying uh, as, like, the next, you know, future, uh, future player, future superstar, right? And, um, you know, I think the NBA is planning to go global, has affected um, the domestic um, image of the league. And uh, when I say domestic image, I'm talking about just, like, how to present yourself, how to carry yourself. Like, players from America aren't really – there's really – I mean – there's a there's a few right that have really good um, like a head on their shoulders like coming into the league now, but some of them don't. Like we are seeing a lot happening over the past years, whether it be Jamal Murray's situation where he, you know, accidentally you know you know uh, uh, posted his girlfriend um, and him doing you know pleasures, um, and then you know whether it be um, Michael you know Bridges. Um, Malcolm Bridges, you know, domestic violence situation with his girlfriend or with his, you know, baby mama, um, or whether it be, um, um, the dude from Yukon, I can't think of his name, but he was found sleeping with a gun in his car, like at 3am in the morning, uh, Lamella Ball, you know, dating a, a woman twice her age, um, there's Zion Williamson, you know, porn star issue, I mean, John Morant. I mean, the list goes on and on with players. And I think every era has a guy who doesn't really give an F about situations who kind of just does what he wants to do and just balls. And, you know, he's in the news all the time about certain stuff. But, like, that happens every now and then. But, like, it's coming to a point where the American-born players are taking the game for granted, I think. And they've been called it at a young age in terms of what they – can do, how they can do it, uh, what decisions they make, who tells them what to do and whatnot, who wears the pants in the family sort of thing, where they're actually that person who's controlling their their own interests. And, you know, their parents don't really discipline too well because they don't want to upset their uh, quote-unquote, uh, you know, way out. You know, or, 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 or they see them, they see that person as a uh, investment rather than as their kid. And I think that's what's going on with the NBA. And I think 
it's happening a lot. Like, you see the draft. I mean, these kids are, some of these kids, like Grady Dick, for example. Like, I don't know what the dude was wearing. But it was something out of out of a freaking out of a, like a video game, like this is like 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 on a, like on a two K my career mode, like it just stuff like that, just like kind of like eat me out. I'm just like, listen, man, like like people are making fun of Jalen Brunson's suit that he wore. Like, what are we doing? Scoot like Scoot Anderson, uh, you know, wearing a grill. Um, um, Bailey, the kid from uh, UCLA, wearing no shirt under his under his suit. It's just like this is your job, and no one's teaching these guys how to be a professional. And there's no veterans in a locker room to teach them how to be a professional. So when they make mistakes, you know, all their other guys are saying, "All right, man, you know, it's air nail. It'll go away in a couple of days." Not knowing that that they, it leaves a stamp, it leaves an imprint. You know, so I think the NBA. You know, I know we're trying to get younger, but there's still value in the guys who are 36, 37. Like, there's still value in Derrick Rose. I don't care what anybody says. Derrick Rose, he needs to be on the roster next year. Because if you listen to quickly speak about Derrick Rose, listen to Julius Reno te- you know, uh, talk about Derrick Rose, you listen to the young guys talking about D. Rose, they talk about his value as a leader. Even Evan Fournier, they talk about their value as a leader, or sorry, as a person, as a veteran person who's been through what they've been through and who's only going to go through, you know, who's who's only going to be able to help you out along those ways because he's been through there. Like Derrick Rose, people forget, but he had that um he had an incident with uh with with a lady and you know, he was going to get it was it was a criminal uh and like investigation. Nothing happened with it because the lady was lying and whatnot, but you know, that situation could have ended poorly for him. And he has he learned from that, you know, he had to take a step back and reflect on that and learn from it. But now he's able to kind of help others learn from that same mistake. And um, if he's not in the locker room, where are these kids learning how to overcome certain challenges, certain obstacles, how to be a pro, how to dress for game day, how to dress for draft day, how to present yourself to the world, you know, as a, as a, as a brand, you know, I think so many times these people are just focused on their brand, 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 where they don't focus on, themselves and you know at some point you got to focus on you and not your brand because your brand is one thing but you is a sip is, is a different thing like you represent you you represent your family like zion williamson if i'm talking to that kid i'm like you're not representing like williamson is not only your last name williamson is your mom's last name is your dad's last name it's your brother's last name it's your sister's last name so you're not only representing you zion williamson you are representing williamson's name and a lot of these guys don't understand that. And I think a lot of the international guys do understand that. That's why you don't really see a lot of international guys getting in, you know, trouble in terms of, um, you know, making a bad name out of themselves. Like, Luca, Luca is ball. You don't really see him posting going to the club or anything like that. I mean, you've seen it before. I'm not going to say, like, you don't see it. But you don't see him, like, throwing money, having guns and all that crap. Like, even Nicole Jokic, like, he, he, they forced him to go out. They forced him to go to the parade. Like, like they, like you got to get these. Even Giannis, like Giannis, I've never seen one bad video of Giannis on the Koopa. Only, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen anything. But um, I mean, I'm just really excited for this next group of guys. But I, I just really hope they learn from their mistakes because a lot of stuff is happening with these NBA players, and I, I don't think that the NBA is capturing the audience that they think they're capturing. Because, I mean, 
the NBA should be getting better rating than what they're getting because in my eyes the game is growing globally. So if we're only if we're only getting if we're only beating the ratings by a million views, um, you know, from from a year on to another year, I don't see that as progress. I see that as just as complacent. Like I don't see that as like those are satisfactory numbers, but we 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 need to jump the run. And a lot of these times these guys aren't focused on ball. They're focused on things outside of basketball. And um, I think that's what's you know need, needs to be fixed. Um, but I've spent 24 minutes talking about the NBA, and I and I know we haven't talked about the CP3 trade. We haven't talked about Wimby, um, and I, I'm not gonna talk about Wimby. I think that Wimby is a great player, but I'm not about to make it seem like oh if he doesn't make the All Star game then he's a failure. Like I'm not doing that, um, and I won't do it. Um, I think that's a, a, a criminal uh, to do that. Chris Paul with the with the Warriors though I talked about it a little bit with the Brook Lopez. Um, but, um, I mean, this is just going to, I don't see it working. I mean, unless the Warriors trade Clay Thompson, um, I don't see it working. I mean, you trade Clay, you get another wing, maybe like you could trade Clay for maybe Mikel Bridges. I don't know. I'm just trying to think what Clay is worth. And I don't think he's worth anything right now on the open market, but, um, I mean, I would take him. Heck man, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you really give us, give us Clay back. I'll, I'll take it. Give me Clay and, uh, Vando. For Clay, I don't. I don't even know if I would do that if I'm Lakers. Like, like Clay's value is just really not good at this moment. Um, Jordan Poole trade though, that was bad, very bad. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about the NBA. I keep on doing this, man. But this is one last thing. I hear a story where Jordan lost a bet and he didn't. Um, he didn't have enough. So, so Jordan is like, he's a, he's a he's a gambler. Like everybody knows that. So now Jordan's gambling in business. And he's gambling his business to like he's I mean, not gambling it, but he's like he's like betting on himself, you know. So I heard through a story that Jordan apparently um, took he had made money right with the with the with the with the, um, with, the with the Hornets purchase right. Obviously, he's he's like two billion times his, his 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 original purchase like he i think he bought it for like 100 million 150 million something like that and he, he sold it for like 2.4 but the reason why he sold it is the juicy part so i heard that and this is from the joe button podcast you know because i'm not you know i'm not stealing nothing but um i heard from that podcast that he sold it because he couldn't keep up with the big boys in terms of uh investing so he took out five hundred million dollars to invest, and he lost it. Then he took out. Then he borrows five hundred million dollars from this other guy to recoup that, and he lost that. So then, he, instead of, I'm, I'm assuming he didn't have no more money anymore. I mean, that's a billion dollars you just lost on the stock market, or maybe it's five hundred billion, whatever the case may be. He lost. He lost a certain amount of money in the stock market, and he ended up having to um, sell his portion of the Hornets, a certain portion of his Hornets to that guy to recoup for the losses that he had lost. And, um, yeah, I mean, he just, Jordan is just a gambler, man. He's, he's going to go down gambling and, um, he, he, he wins and he loses. Um, let's get to the NFL, but, um, NFL update, um, the running back position, man, I knew this day was coming. I talked, I talked to my brothers I told them like maybe about four or five years ago. I was like, I don't think the Rambo position is gonna be around any, any longer. Like, I got, I, I could really legit see 
like running backs getting paid like five million dollars, six million dollars. Like, and that's and, 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 and it would be like groundbreaking news, you know, in the next couple seasons. Like, like, and they're th- they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, I just didn't see the NFL valuing running backs anymore. Um, and um, this all happened with the Todd Gurley. After Todd Gurley got hurt and his knees like kind of like gave up on him after he signed the contract, the Rams just kind of like shoot him away. Like they were like, "All right, man, we got to cut you loose." And um, like at that point, I knew that like these GMs and these owners, they're like, "All right, we cannot pay these these players who just run the ball, who don't do anything else but run the ball." Quote unquote. You know, I'm not saying running backs don't only do don't only run the ball. They do a lot. They do blocking. They do. Uh, they do reads, they do um, catching, they they do everything, but they're not gonna pay these guys this much this amount of money when they can just pay someone else to do the same thing and and and, and be just as productive if not more or if not less. So when you see this and you see these guys, you know, holding out like Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, um, and 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 I think Austin Eckler has the biggest case because he's been the most productive player offensively on their team for like the last four or five seasons. And he hasn't really gotten paid like it. So he wants to get paid like Christian McCaffrey. Um, and he deserves that paycheck like Christian McCaffrey. Um, I know Eckler doesn't have the name, but his value to that team, 20 plus touchdowns, 15 plus, I mean like 2000 plus all, all purpose yards. Like these things that he does, so I, Eckler for sure deserves to get paid, and um, I I don't know how you don't pay him in a way where he's recuperated for what he's doing. I I, I, I just don't understand how you don't pay the guy, and um, if you do, sorry, if you don't pay the guy, I I just don't understand how you can say like, oh, he doesn't deserve it. Saquon Barkley, I can see where the Giants are coming from. I would still pay him above. I think like Nick Chubb's making like twelve point eight. I would still pay him like thirteen million dollars. I would. I just would because he deserves that. He's younger. You have more years with him. You want to make sure that he's there to help Daniel Jones out because Daniel Jones is not a guy who can do it on his own. We know that for a fact. And um, Daniel Jones is someone where we can see him being really good, um, but only with Saquon Barkley. Like like Daniel Jones as good as he as good as he was last year. He's not doing this with. Um, I don't know, uh, Brightwell as, as as their lead back. He's just not. Like, catching out the backfield, blocking for him, doing a lot of stuff that Saquon Barkley was doing last year and being healthy got them to the second round of the playoffs. So, like, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley deserve to get paid. And, you know, the Giants, they may not see it that way, but the, uh, the Giants fans do. The Giants fans know that, like, if Saquon Barkley does not come back next year, then... Daniel Jones is not going to be as good. He's not going to be as productive. So I think the NFL, you know, to kind of sum it up, I think the NFL needs to fix how running backs are franchise tagged. I think they're the only position in the NFL where the franchise tag screws over because they don't get to get paid long term eventually. Like for quarterbacks, you can franchise tag, you can franchise tag them, but eventually we all know a deal's going to get made by that, you know, by that team, a la Lamar Jackson. Receivers, you can franchise tag them, but we know what deal is going to get made because receivers are going to get paid, a la Debo Samuels. With running backs, when franchise tags are are tagged, like it's kind of set in stone. Like we know that they're not going to get paid at all if they're franchise tag because they haven't been able to c- come up with a contract, and they're not going to come up with a contract. That's what happened with Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell ended up 
betting on himself and he shit himself um, poorly. So, I mean, you know, Saquon Barkley, if he's smart, he would sign a contract before the end of the, before the, before, you know, the deadline ends. I think the deadline's coming up in July, but he would sign, or maybe even June actually. Um, but, um, he would sign a contract before it's time up. He just should, because, you know, as bad as it is in terms of optics, what the Giants are doing, they're doing it right. I mean, they're doing it the right way. And, um, you know, when you have a guy who's been hurt and who's protected for, you know, a couple of seasons out of his contract, you're kind of skeptical to sign him back, but you don't want to let him go because you know how protective he can be. But um, it's, t- it's, a, it's a tough pill for both of them, I think. But uh, from Saquon's side, if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm taking the deal as soon as I get offered one that's something that's like 12, 13 range. And it's like maybe about – I would hope to have 25, 30 guaranteed, hopefully, um, over, the, over, over the course of maybe like four seasons. But, um, I mean, that's – even that's a bad contract, you know, but I mean, that's just what the rate is right now for the running backs. Um, NFL season's coming up, so I will have some, like, I'll do what I was doing last year. I'm not going to do, like, the like the line stuff. I think that was kind of boring um, in terms of what I got feedback from, from the viewers. Like, a lot of them like the in-depth analysis of the games and, like, the breakdowns of the game and the breakdowns of the teams and whatnot. So, I'll, I'll do that more often. Um, we got about a couple Sundays left, so, um, I mean... And we got July 25th coming up for the start of training camp. So um, I'm going to try to make it to at least one training camp for the uh, Niners. Um, trying to get my media pass for that. So um, if, if if I can, I don't know if my podcast has enough viewership for it. So I'm in the tradition of trying to get media pass for that. And if I can, that'd be perfect. If not, then what I'll do is I'll just, you know, go as a fan um, and kind of like see if I can like talk to anybody, make some connections or whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean that's probably what I'll do. I mean that would be you know cool to to kind of experience and kind of ask questions on. Um, but you know either or it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think um, you know this season, this training camp, um, I'll start to come out with episodes. You know by week, uh, you know two a week, um, and I'll go through that during the season as well, and I'll be consistent this time around. So you guys got someone to listen to. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's about it, guys. I think um, one of the things that we want to focus on this year for this podcast is, you know, v- feedback from the viewers and hearing it and got kind of listening to them and kind of figuring out what's a good, you know, uh, segue point in terms of how my topics are. And hopefully I get my brother on so he can be my partner in crime. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to him, trying to convince him. He said he's down, but. You know, people say they're down, and, and, and then, like, you know, it, it t- t- takes a while for you to connect. So, I'm in that stage right now with them. Uh, and then, before I leave, recommended TV shows uh, for, for me to you. So, uh, Black Mirror came out with a new season, uh, and those episodes are fire. I recommend them. Uh, I recommend them a lot. Um, and you guys probably don't even give a damn about my recommendation TV shows, but Black Mirror, I'm about to start watching this one show that my aunt told me about, uh, and my brother's exit too. What's it called? Um, I don't know what it's called. It's called something on Apple TV. Um, Silo, I guess it is. I guess it's a good show, so I'm going to start watching that today. Uh, it's Sunday, so I got some time. Uh, but, um, yeah, if you guys, if you guys like this podcast, please like, subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends and families, and I will see you guys next time. Peace out.